Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Opening day. Yes, it's opening day today. Nothing personal word of the day. April 7th, 2022. It wasn't opening day until the lockout ended. The lockout, which lasted 99 days in Major League Baseball, which seems like it was 10 years ago. Can't even remember it. What lockout? But today is the long-awaited first day of the season. I love it. I get to put the ring back on as though I'm going to a party, or I wear it during opening day and during the World Series when I'm on the air at CBS. I like putting on a nice jacket, nice shirt if you're a nothing person with David Sampson YouTube channel. Just sort of no tie right now. And I start thinking about all of the 18 opening days, and I look at old box scores, remind myself of, of moments. And so many of you have reached out, and I wanted to address this because it's, it's a good one. Many of you have reached out on Twitter, David P. Sampson, and asked a very simple question. You know, what, what do you do? Like, what is opening day like? Take us through an opening day. How do you feel? And I love where your head's at because opening day is different than any other experience I've had. And I've had experiences starting the first nothing personal, the first time on air, CBS Sports HQ, the first interview, the first time starting something at your at a law firm or with at a district attorney's office any job i've had a child's graduation i've now had a child's wedding so all of these things and i'm not putting them in order of importance but you tend to think to yourself how do i want to spend this day what do i want to be thinking what do i want to remember how can i be as present as possible but opening day is something that you actually get to do over. So most things in life, there's only one first. But in baseball, you get to have a first every single year. Now, your first first opening day, which was on April 3rd, 2000, totally different than my second opening day. However, there were unbelievable similarities. So I want to tell you a couple things that are of interest to me on opening day. It is the one day of the year where I allow myself the emotion of the possibility of overperformance, both on the field and off the field. And I said that word purposefully. I said the emotion of the possibility because I'm into rational behavior. I'm into rational thinking. I know exactly what our numbers are projected to be on the field and off the field. I know where our season ticket base is. I know exactly what our schedule is like. I know what our travel is going to be like. Everything is in my head because it's all been preordained. 
But yet on opening day, when you look at the standings, which I did every day, people tell you they don't look at the standings. Players don't. Every single executive does. Every single GM does. Every single president. You look at the standings opening day, and you're in first place, and you're in last place, and it's alphabetical order. So that's the only time when this happens, when the standings are put that way, because you all have the same record. Now, in theory, you could all be one and one or all one and zero, depending if you're all playing out of division, which next year could happen with back to the balanced schedule, but this year is unlikely to happen. And I look at that standings and I say, you know, what if we just ran it wire to wire? What if for whatever reason, the Marlins for the first time ever win their division, and this is the year we do it. Forget that we're projected to lose 100 games or win 85 or win 95, doesn't matter. Because right now, there's still a chance that everybody was wrong. And that is an emotional response. Because the simulations combined with your baseball people's evaluations when they're telling you the truth, combined with what you know to be the truth about your team and its numbers off the field, you combine those concepts and you say to yourself, wow, I know where I'm going to be in three months, four months, and five months, but today, today's the day where I will allow my brain to shut off and have my heart be in control. So you wake up in the morning and it feels different because you went to bed very late the night before because if you're night before your home opener and you're the president of a team, you are making sure that everything is in order with your operations people, with your concessions, everything having to do with the actual hosting of a game, with your manager and your baseball people, making sure that everything is set with your clubhouse people, looking at the clubhouse, making sure the locker room and the clubhouse is set up the exact way that it was supposed to be. However much you want to say I was micromanaging, I would spend the time before opening day making the rounds and it's like preparing to host a party is the best way I can give you to, to ponder that. When you've got people coming to your house or you're hosting a play date and you wanna pick up the Twinkies wrapper and you wanna get rid of all the crumbs in the couch and you wanna make sure the remote controls are set up and that music's ready to play and you may test the fact, does the Sonos work, does it not work? Because when people come over and you're hosting, you don't wanna waste time saying, oh, sorry, there was no toilet paper but I have some in the back. So you really wanna go from A to Z on everything that you're doing. So you wake up in the morning, you're a little tired, but you have this feeling, this energetic feeling that it's all now after all the waiting. Because remember, if you don't make the playoffs and if you're one of 29 teams, even if you have made the playoffs, your last experience, even if you win your last game, I don't care, you leave that season, you're a loser. Very bizarre business where 29 out of 30 teams, that's how likely you are, 29 30ths, to end a season not happy. So you go through the offseason, you make moves that you think can be helpful even when you're rebuilding or tanking or whatever you're doing. You still have hope when you're zero and zero. And then you wake up and you know that there's a story that's about to be written. It's sort of the equivalent if you've ever run a marathon where when you get to the starting line, you know that in 26.2 miles, there's a finish line. You just don't know exactly what's gonna happen in between, but man, it feels good to take the first step because there are endless possibilities for success. That's what opening day is like. You know you're gonna get to the finish line after 162 games because the clock is gonna turn. 
You've heard me tell you about the big magnetic board for all of you who are new to Nothing Personal. I had a huge magnetic board in my office that was eight feet tall and it had all of the schedule on it and I would write down the game score, the record of our team and the attendance for home games. Wins would be in blue, losses would be in red marker and attendance would be in green. And in the beginning of the season in April, because I'm only 65 inches, I had, vertically, I had to stand on a chair and write down the scores for opening day and then for April 2nd or whatever second game is. And then when we get toward the beginning of May, I can sort of reach up. I don't necessarily need the chair. And by the time you're in September, I'm on my knees, if not my forearms. And that to me was always the poetry, the symmetry of the season. It was watching me go from a chair to my knees. But when you're there at the starting line, you don't know exactly what it's going to look like. You just know you're going to get there. So you get to the ballpark opening day and everyone is looking their best. They're wearing their suit and their tie. That's the one time in Florida we'd say you got to wear a tie. Wear your best. We would have HR send a memo. Reminder to new employees, tomorrow is opening day. Even if it's not opening day of the season, home opener, even if it comes in game seven, that still counts. You just say happy home opening day versus if it's the first game of the season, then you say happy opening day. So you get to work and everyone just has an extra spring in their step. It just feels like a different day as opposed to the dog days of July and August when everyone is, uh, there's another game. Uh, when's the team going on the road? So on opening day, you go, you shake hands. I went around to all employees, happy opening day. Where put out the ring after 2003. Then I would do a walk with our head of ballpark operations. I'd walk the ballpark again, make sure the bunting is in order. Make sure that all the concession stands are ready. We'd go down to the kitchens. We'd go to each area around the ballpark, do spot checks on the seats. Were they cleaned properly? How does everything look? Because there's one thing you need. You're going to be almost sold out, if not sold out, opening day. You got to make sure you're cleaning the upper deck seats because they're not getting a lot of action the rest of the year. So they tend to get a little dusty. So you go through and you clean it. You make the ballpark look brand new. You spot check a few bathrooms. So you spend about an hour, an hour and a half doing that. Then you find yourself down in the clubhouse. I would always go to the clubhouse because players tend to get to the ballpark early on opening day because they're a little more worried about tickets. They've got more family coming than normal. There's just a little extra stress of opening day. They're worried about traffic, which is something that often you don't have to worry about in Miami for games, but worry about traffic. So you make sure you come in early. And everyone's just sort of ready because you've been with them during spring training, but now you get an opportunity to know that this actually counts. So it always was important to me that opening day was a win. And it is totally irrational because winning opening day makes you feel like you're never going to lose. And losing opening day makes you feel like you're never going to win. The first game as uh, Coca, do you have any recollection of the first game? I don't even think you were alive. The first game of the Florida Marlins that I was president of was in 2002. And the Marlins opened in Montreal, where we had just come from, because I was running the Expos and then switched to running the Marlins during that offseason. So of course, the schedule gods had us opening in Montreal. The weather was frightful. 
and we got walked off. Braden Looper gave up a hit to Orlando Cabrera, one of my favorite shortstops. He was great. And we lost. The Marlins lost. The Expos won. There were a ton of people there. They were all so excited. And I remember our owner got so angry, wanted to get rid of Looper that day. So we had Larry Beinfest, Mike Hill, and I, we went back to the Intercontinental Hotel, and we had to talk to Jeffrey and say, listen, it's one game. Let's not get crazy. But let me tell you, when you lose opening day, Coca's reminded me we lost 7-6 to six on April 2nd of 2002. Did we really give up three in the eighth and three in the ninth? We were up 6-1. No wonder he was so angry. My God. But that's true. When you lose opening day, you feel like the sky is falling. So for all of you out there, happy opening day. I want to give you, someone asked me my top five personal ballpark snacks, and I wanted to give you my top five list, what I think are the best ballpark snacks. And you said snacks, which means I'm not putting pizza down or chicken tenders or fajitas or any sort of kosher pastrami sandwich, you said snacks. I say soft serve ice cream, get the heart rate down. That's number five. I used to be a total, uh, I would have peanuts almost every game. However, as my ego got larger and my on-screen presence got more common, I was more reticent to eat peanuts because the problem with peanuts is you get the, the red stuff that can be stuck in your teeth. You know, the red film that's over the peanut when you take the peanut out of the shell? And it can get in a way that is in your teeth. And if you don't remember to look in the mirror, all of a sudden you may be giving an interview or talking to a fan or talking to a family member and they're looking at you and they're too uncomfortable to say, hey, you have a head of lettuce in your teeth. What are you gonna do about that? And so you just get home and you brush your teeth and then it falls out in the sink. And you're like, are you kidding me? That thing was in my mouth this entire day and that one damn person said anything? That's why it's down to number four. Sunflower seeds. The only issue I had with sunflower seeds is I would not de-shell them. I would swallow the shells. Some people can actually, baseball lifers can put a sunflower seed in their mouth, split it with their teeth, separate the seed from the shell, eat the seed on the right side of their mouth, spit out the shell, I tried that for 18 big ones, folks. Could never do it. I just didn't have the dexterity in my mouth to figure that out. So I would just eat the entire shell. And once in a while, you'd get the sharp bit of the sunflower seed shell, and it would sort of scratch your throat, and then you'd be all dry. Anyway, that's why sunflower seeds are number three. Pumpkin seeds are number two for me. Always have pumpkin seeds at the ballpark. They are perfect. Love them. But my number one ballpark snack, without a doubt, I was a serial, if not totally psychotic, gum chewer. There is double bubble, these pink, deep pink gumballs that we would have in the clubhouse. And I would put them in a cup, a Gatorade cup, and I'd bring them to my seat or bring them up to the suite. And I'd pop them in, chew them to the point that my jaw would get tired, which is 10 or 12 chews, spit it out because I would always have a spittoon cup and then take another one. Then by the third inning, I'm back down to the clubhouse, refill the double bubble, God, did I love it. Double bubble. Thanks for asking. Okay. I think we got to go into previews here, Coca. We did the AL and NL West two days ago. Then we did the AL and NL Central yesterday. It's time for the divisions that I know the best because I was in it for the longest, like the whole time. We're doing the AL East and the NL East, which happen to be the two most fascinating divisions of baseball. Now, I agree it's exciting what's going on with the Mariners and the Angels. I get it. I'm all in. 
I like, you know, the Dodgers. Will the Giants do well? Padres, okay, fine. White Sox, Brewers, Runaways, whatever. Let's go East. We're going to start in the AL East because there are some people saying this could be the most interesting division in history. There are people who are calculating with their machine that the top four teams, which means everybody but the Orioles, have a chance to win the same number of games. I think Fangraphs had everyone at 88 and 74. That would be an absolutely spectacular outcome. Remember, starting this year, there are no game 163s. That's when you play a game to see who wins a division, who doesn't. It's all done through tie-breaking mechanisms. So there will not be a game 163. But if all teams finish in a tie, it'll depend what their head-to-head is, etc. Do I think the Blue Jays and Yankees, who have the same over-under, are going to be better than the Rays and Red Sox, who have the next best over-unders? Wait to see. I'm starting with the Orioles. My friend Brandon Hyde, who has worked with me for many, many years, and a former manager, Freddie Gonzalez, is also on that staff. They're a team that's been losing for as long as I can remember, four or five years for sure. They had a run in the middle teens that was good, as I recall. But the Orioles are just bad. But they're getting to the point where either the Angeloses are going to say it's time to sell or they're going to say it's time to actually win because right now the Orioles have an over under of 61 and a half games which is the lowest in baseball they're supposed to be the worst team in baseball by five games I want you to look at this Orioles team knowing they have to play 19 games against Blue Jays Yankees Rays and Red Sox and tell me how they're not going to lose more than 101 games are you kidding me If you don't go under on the Orioles winning 61 and a half games, then I'm not sure what you're doing. Orioles are going to finish in last. Now, I've had arguments with many people about the Boston Red Sox. People complaining about John Henry and Tom Werner. You all thinking I'm a homer. I love owners. You know better. I'm not the biggest fan of John Henry. But if you're a Red Sox fan, you better be. How many World Series has he gotten you? Four. Four since 2004. That's four in 18 years. You're supposed to win one every 30 years. That means that over 120 years, you're supposed to win four World Series. It's taken them 18 years. That means they could not win a World Series for another 102 years. And in the 103rd year, you'd look back and say, yeah, they've won about the right number. Think about that. They have 80 years to try to win another. A hundred years to try to win another. It's not going to be this year. The Red Sox have our friend Will Middlebrooks, who's now going to be with Nesson doing pre and post game. Make sure you check that out. They have an MVP candidate endeavors. You're right about that. They just are not as good as the Rays, Yankees, and Blue Jays. We're okay with that. Okay, trying to figure out between the Yankees and the Rays. Many people are picking the Rays to finish, win the division, finish ahead of the Blue Jays and the Yankees. I'm not. I have the Rays finishing ahead of the Red Sox, but behind the Yankees and Jays. And the reason is that I am unwilling to believe that they have another set of rabbits. They won 100 games last year. The Tampa Bay Rays, as you know, are the most successful franchise for me, dollar for dollar. They are significantly 
run in a t- totally different way, right? The Yankees run it at $250, $70, million payroll. The Rays have to do it with a $50, $70, $80 million payroll. They have to churn people through. Tyler Glas- Glasnow is hurt, won't be pitching. Their starting pitcher actually is really good today, McClanahan, their opening day pitcher. They've got a guy who finished in the top three in Rookie of the Year last year who threw some awesome baseball rule, which I'll never understand. He's still eligible to win Rookie of the Year this year. That's two years he could have been Rookie of the Year. I love that. I think they had a player like that two years ago with the Rosarena. He did so well in the postseason like two years ago, and then last year he actually won the Rookie of the Year. Well, Wander Franco can win Rookie of the Year again this year. They've got a deep lineup, but they're going to finish in third place. They still could make the playoffs, but they're not going to win the division. All right, Yankees, Blue Jays, who are you going with? The winner of the American League East will be the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays are the best team in the American League. They've got the deepest pitching staff. They've got the deepest lineup. They've got potential MVP winners in two positions in the infield. Are you ready for the Toronto Blue Jays to do what they haven't done since 1992-1993? Are you aware of the benefit and advantage that the Blue Jays have because of the COVID situation where they actually get to not only play all 81 games in Toronto for the first time in three years, but on top of that, if you are not vaccinated, you are not able to play road games in Toronto. I've got Toronto winning the AL East and the Yankees coming in second. We're going to have a lot more to say about the Yankees throughout the course of this season. This has to be the end for Cashman, who's in his last year, even though they extended Boone. To me, it's got to be the end for Boone. Hal Steinbrenner cannot take it lying down if the Yankees do not advance deep into October. All right, the NL East is the other division where I lived. I lived my whole career with the Expos and the Marlins. The Washington Nationals are in this division, and they won the World Series only three years ago. Can you imagine winning a World Series and then only three years later being terrible? Can you imagine winning the World Series and only three years later being chosen to lose 100 games because you traded everyone away? I mean, who would ever do that? Fourth place. I'm happy with the Marlins. They made two good signings, two good trades, and they got rid of Jeter. If they get rid of Gary Dembo, they're going to be even better. But the interesting thing about this team, their over-under is only 77 and a half games. And that seems like when we go into a season with an over-under of 77 and a half, we'd say, I mean, we're right there. We're three games from 500. And then once you're 500, you win a few extras. You're right there competing for a wild card. That's how we rationalize. That's how we go through in our head to start a season when you're running a team. We're this close, right? All these simulations had us winning 75, 77, 79, 81 games. Let's just get to 500 and then try to get hot at the end and get into the expanded playoffs. The Marlins have built this amazing rotation. They just can't score. So if this amazing rotation stays amazing, which is a big if, and if they start to score, which is a big if, then the Marlins have a chance to actually finish above 500. Until then, they won't. Third place, the New York Mets. No DeGrom, no Scherzer, no luck. What have they done? Yeah, I guess they get Robinson Cano back. Am I going to lose that weight to see tomorrow? I had to wait to see. It's today, actually, Coca. I had to wait to see when Robinson Cano got suspended 
uh, for steroids. I said he played his final year as a Met because I did not think that the Mets would do anything other than release him because of the blight that he's been as a Met. But it turns out with the universal DH, they're going to keep him on the team, which means if he actually is on the 28-man roster, which I think he is, Coca, that's it for that wait to see. But for whatever reason, I've got the Mets finishing third. They're projected to finish at least second. Some people have them projecting to win the division. I do not have them as a better team than the Phillies or the Braves. The best chance that the Phillies have is if for whatever reason they catch the ball. If for whatever reason there's another full year of either strikeouts, walks, or home runs, because anything that Theo wants to do, Theo Epstein, who, by the way, if you haven't listened to uh, Theo was on uh, with Jason Stark on a great podcast talking about a lot of changes in baseball, things that he wanted to see happen. And uh, that is a great, great listen. Whether you're a traditionalist or not, just listen to what Theo is saying. Obviously, very, very smart. I mean, you're a yelly. How are you not smart? So it's called the Athletic Baseball Show. You can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And this has not been a paid promotion because we're actually competitors. No, we're not. We're not a baseball show. I mean, today we are, but overall we're not. So here's the thing with the Phillies. They play no defense. So the way it's okay to play no defense is if there's no balls put in play. So they're going to really need their pitching staff to perform. And frankly, their pitching staff doesn't perform. I still have the Phillies finishing in second place. That's how negative I am on the Mets, Marlins, and Nats. But the number one team is the Braves. The Braves made the decision to jettison their World Series hero, Freddie Freeman, not the MVP. People have make making that mistake. The MVP was George Soler, who's now a Marlin, by the way. So the Braves, they got rid of Freddie Freeman. We did a whole show on the fact that they let Freddie Freeman go to Los Angeles. They didn't try to re-sign him. They didn't want to give him the six years. Instead, they gave Matt Olson a six-year extension. They traded away prospect capital to get him. And news alert, Braves fans are going to learn starting today that Olsen is a better player than Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman is one of the top 15 players in baseball. 20. Matt Olsen, you are going to watch him play defensively at first base. You're going to get a little tiny tear in your eye. You're going to see him hit 35 to 40 home runs from the left side at Truist Park. And you're going to feel like, oh, I love you, Matt. The Braves are going to get Acuna back. They still have Albies. They have Riley, Freed. The Braves are winning that division. So that is the preview of the six divisions in baseball. And starting now, in a couple of hours, like five hours and 15 minutes, it's on like Donkey Kong, finally. All right, we come back. I'm going to go through the awards, give you my wild card and World Series winner, just so you have it. I'm going to give you some surprise predictions and review a movie that uh, – was a very difficult but important watch. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. How you doing? David Sampson here. It's opening day, April 7th, 2022. I woke up thinking, God, it feels like March 31st. I watched a movie for a reason that you told me about. Thank you, because I do watch a movie and a TV series. I started Euphoria, Coca. I have a feeling that I'm going to be up all night tonight. I'm just throwing it out there. I started it, and I'm having a hard time stopping. I'm not reviewing that, though. I'm reviewing another movie that you told me to watch, so please keep giving me your suggestions. It's called Boiling Point with Stephen Graham. There's a lot of movies out there about chefs. A lot of movies out there, like whether it's Julia, whether it's Chef, people cooking, people using food. Sometimes it's related to erotic actions. Sometimes it's related to weight. Sometimes it's related to pleasure with, of the palate. Sometimes you get into the mindset of a chef. People watch Top Chef. People are fascinated by chefs and cooking. Boiling point, if you don't know better, is about a chef. And then you watch the movie and you realize, wow, this is about a man. And this is about a man who is manifesting his problems and through the lens of what it's like to run a kitchen. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but Boiling Point is one of the best movies I've seen this year. And this is, I mean, we're in the second quarter of the year. It's April 7th. I watched a bunch of Oscar movies this year. But Boiling Point is an intense ride through the mental fortitude required to be the best at what you want to be the best at, the ability to somehow wipe away your distractions, and what happens when you can't. It's called Boiling Point. All right, let's go with MVP and Cy Young winners. I'm going to do a set of wait to sees here. I've got four of them, although at the end of the show, we're going to have a bunch of them total. So, Coca, get ready. The over-unders, by the way, I think I only gave you Orioles under is what I wanted to give you on that for the NL East and NL West. Let's go to NL MVP. Nobody's choosing him to be MVP. You can get plus 2,400 if you bet it right now. Matt Olson, just put a dollar on it. Do a full Randolph Mortimer Sheets and Giggles dollar and see what happens. Matt Olson, MVP. The Braves will forget about Freddie. I mean, we don't talk about Freddie. Oh, no, no. They're not talking about Freddie Freeman in Atlanta right now. They're just not. They acknowledge him. They love him. They will recognize what he meant to that franchise. But you don't talk about Freddie. We're talking about Matt Olson. He's my pick for NL MVP. How do you not give the, give the MVP in the American League to Shohei Otani, the opening day starter for the Anaheim Angels? He may even be the leadoff hitter and the opening day starter. He may be the cleanup hitter, the number two hitter. I don't know where he is in the lineup, Coca. I don't know if the Angels have given you their lineup yet for their opening day. There's a whole rule named after him. He's the reigning AL MVP, and if he keeps pitching and hitting, the argument is he'll always be the MVP. And my argument is we can't have the same guy winning MVP every year. Let's give it to Vladdy. Vladimir Guerrero is going to lead the Toronto Blue Jays to as yet unseen heights in the la- this century. 
And in the meantime, he's only the third best favorite, but he is going to win AL MVP. That's my pick. How about a sweep of MVP and Cy Young? Can you say Max Fried? Do you remember how dominant Max Fried was? Do you recall that he led a rotation when you thought it was going to be Mike? I hurt my Achilles Soroka and can't pitch. Max Fried is plus 2,500. Nobody is thinking the Braves can repeat. And the reason nobody's thinking the Braves can repeat or that they're going to have the same type of performance from their players is they keep thinking, oh, the Braves only won the World Series because they, at the trade deadline, they traded for Soler and Rosario and Duval and Alex Anthopoulos, their GM, is a genius. And you can't repeat genius. It's not going to happen. Well, as you recall, Ozuna was out. Acuna was out. Soroka was out. Now we've got guys a year more experienced. Max Fried, your NL Cy Young winner. How about the guy pitching today? He won the Cy Young two years ago in Cleveland. Today is the first game ever for the Cleveland Guardians. When we became the Miami Marlins in 2011, it was a very quick discussion with with our PR people. Are we starting new stats now? And the answer was yes. So we have stats as a franchise as the Miami Marlins. Then we have stats just as the Florida Miami Marlins. The Florida Marlins started in 93 and they went until now. So this is their, wow, is this their 30th season? Is this a celebration of 30 years of Marlins baseball, 30 seasons? Are the Marlins, do the Marlins have a uniform patch? We always would have done a patch, right? Just to celebrate like the World Series. Wait a minute, is this the 10 year anniversary? It's nine years. I guess next year would be the 10 year anniversary of the 03 World Series. It's the 25 year anniversary of the 97 World Series. I'd celebrate that. Anyway, I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, Shane Bieber, Cleveland Guardians. It's the first day of the Cleveland Guardians. Shane Bieber is going to win your Cy Young. All right, this year we have expanded playoffs. Did you know that? There's three wild cards per league. That means three teams are going to make it in. Two teams are going to play each other, and one team is going to play the division winner with the worst record, and then the division winners with the best two records, they get a bye and don't have to play that three-game series. That will all be held in one ballpark, no travel. So it's possible if you win a wild card spot in the American League, like let's say the Yankees, but the Yankees finish behind the Rays but still make the wild card, the Yankees will then be on the road for a three-game series having to win two out of three. All the things you heard about with they're going to start with a one nothing lead like Max Scherzer wanted. That all was a bunch of horse hockey. It was never going to happen. It didn't happen. It's a regular two out of three game series, but all played in one ballpark to get rid of travel. So the wild cards. I've got the Astros as a wild card in the American League, which people in Seattle are cheering right now. You got that, Dave Softy? Are you with me? I got the Mariners winning the AOS, as you know, from yesterday, which is why I got the Astros in the wild card. I got the Blue Jays winning the NL East, the AL East, as you know, from today. I have the Yankees and Rays making the playoffs. So I've got Astros, Yankees, Rays as the three wild cards in the American League. Now, what is your first initial thought to that statement? Wow, that means you have the Boston Red Sox missing the playoffs again. Yes. That's quite true. Okay, National League, tougher. The National League East, I've got the Braves winning. Are the Phillies and Mets going to both make the playoffs? Nope, just the Phillies. 
because I got the Cardinals finishing second to the Brewers, but I still have them making the playoffs. I have the Giants finishing second to the I have the, do I have the Giants finishing in third or second when we did the AL West? Isn't that funny? Because how could I have the Giants in playoff contention? Just like I don't have the Twins making the playoffs in the American League, even though the Twins just got Chris Paddock. Breaking news, the Padres, when they traded for Sean Manaya, they had all these extra pitchers, so they traded Paddock, which is fine. I have the Padres finishing second, the Giants finishing third, but now I have the Giants making the wild card and not the Padres. Hmm. How's that going to work? I have to change one of them, Coca. Nah. That's why I get one of them right. I just have this feeling. Did the Padres get back Trevor Rogers, Coca? They were trying to get Trevor Rogers from the Twins, which would be a nice get for them. Paddock has more upside, cheaper, but he's really just a six or seven starter for those who know him. They did get Taylor Rogers. Okay. What did I call him? I called him Trevor. It's Taylor. Sorry. You're right, Coca. But I got the name right. It's Taylor Rogers. That's a good trade. Cardinals, Giants, Phillies. Bryce Harper leads his Phillies to the playoffs. Okay, let's get to what matters. Braves over the Blue Jays. I'm doing it. Two years in a row, I'm predicting the Braves to win the World Series. Nobody's gone back-to-back since 2000. This is it. It's time. The Atlanta Braves are better this year than they were last year. Of course, it requires luck, which is why it's plus 1,200. But I just think it's going to work. Braves over Blue Jays. We'll revisit all this at the end of the season, I promise. I don't know if we'll revisit the wild cards because that's sort of a little sillier, but we'll definitely revisit the MVPs, the Cy Youngs, the pennant winners, the World Series winner, and the over-unders that I gave you over the last three days. Those will be recorded. But I want to give you my top five MLB surprise predictions. People that if you listen to other shows, people would be saying that's you know, why are you saying that? That seems strange to say. And I don't want to do it in a way that some people do it, which is just ridiculous things like the Marlins will have 17 rainouts because their roof will malfunction, right? That's not a prediction or a funny surprise prediction. It's just asinine. So here we go. The game has changed. Forget 200 inning pitchers. There will not be a pitcher who will pitch 199 innings this year. It is incredibly depressing to me when I think about what's happening in the game of baseball. It's incredibly disappointing to me as I contemplate the reality that the premium on starting pitching that used to exist has for the most part disappeared, yet the salaries for aces has gone up in a totally irrational way. There are a bunch of aces who we used to call them horses, which is not very nice, but a horse is someone who's going to give you 200 innings, start 34 to 35 times, will give you a quality start 30 of those times, six innings or more, three runs or fewer, which I never understood why that was a quality start. That didn't feel quality, right? When you're down three to two or up five to three after six innings, quality for me is getting into the eighth, giving up a run. means you're going to win. That's what we want to do. But pitchers are not getting the leash anymore. They don't need to build up their arms the way they used to because they're not going 100 pitches. You've got pitchers, opening day pitchers going today who are on a pitch count of like 70 pitches. It's ridiculous. The way pitchers are, you could go through 70 pitches in three innings. Then what? Another bullpen game. No pitcher will pitch 199 innings this year. That is a prediction. Number four. 
I don't think anyone's going to hit 50 home runs. I have a small feeling that we're going to see a bit of a difference here. And uh, I don't want to start a conspiracy because I'm not going to. I don't want to say that MLB's changed the ball and made it a dead ball. I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say is that one thing baseball does not like is the strikeouts and the walks and the home runs. You heard Theo on the aforementioned athletic baseball show with Jason Stark talk about action, balls in play. It can be four minutes in between balls of play, and that's boring. I agree with you. Last year, no pitcher got to 50 home runs. The leader was that catcher. If you can, if you can name the leader, H-O-H, home run leader from last year, that's, pretty, that's a pretty big bonus. Salvatore Perez had 48 home runs. I think he was the co-leader with Laddie, actually, Coca. Well, guess what? This year, no player will hit 48 home runs. It's just not going to happen. I believe that there will be fewer home runs hit across baseball. My number three prediction, get ready, folks. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Miami, Cleveland, Oakland, Tampa. That is seven out of 30 teams. Out of those seven, at least two or more. I don't need to say at least and or more. At least two of those teams are going to be for sale before the start of next spring training. Why am I saying that? I mean, that's a surprise prediction, right? Because why would owners ever sell a team? They keep appreciating. You can find a way to cut your losses by lowering your payroll. I just have a little tiny birdie in my left ear. Sorry, Coke is in my left ear. I have a little tiny birdie in my right ear telling me that there's some ownership changes coming down the pike. Some of the octogenarians are getting much older, trying to figure out estate planning, trying to figure out what to do with the teams. The level of frustration is tremendous. The game is changing in a way that many of them don't like. So that's a surprise prediction for you that two out of those teams will be for sale. Next, everyone is super excited about the Seattle Mariners, if you're in Seattle at least, thinking that this could be their year. The Mariners are going to win the AL West. That's a surprise prediction because no one's choosing them to do it, but I am here. Don't sleep on them. They're good. Surprise. And then I end my predictions with the number one surprise prediction. Artie Moreno and Steve Cohn will be watching October just like Jeff Bezos and David Sampson. The Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles and the New York Metropolitans of Chop Shop Future Casino site and the lovely City Field will not make the playoffs. And it will be DBR. They will be despondent beyond repair. The reason they're going to be so despondent about it, think about it. You're the Mets. You have a three to five year plan to win the World Series. You've already wasted one year. Now you've signed Max Scherzer to $43 million per year. You can't get DeGrom healthy. Maybe you do. You can't figure out how to keep Alonzo so cheaply because he can't because he's getting a year older. You sign Lindor to $340 million. The guy's got blue hair. I'm in. I'm happy to have your hair be the Mets blue. But you know what I'm happier to see, Mr. Lindor? I'm happy to see you play in October and not hit two and a quarter. Mike Trout not playing in October is the single worst nightmare for Major League Baseball. There is no question about it. 
If you ask the commissioner's office, they will tell you their goal for this season is to have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani be spotlighted in October. Anything they can do to help the Angels, which is counterintuitive given the relationship that everyone has with Artie Moreno. But that said, they're looking at the big picture. And the big picture is very simple. Anaheim has got to play in October, and they're not going to make it. Yes, Randon is healthy, the position player from 2019 who signed that huge contract. Yes, Trout is healthy right now. He still has a three-handle. Yes, you've got Otani. Who do you have behind Otani? What's your exact plan? How's your lineup? What's your depth? Certainly have the payroll, but what's your depth? Angels and Mets are going to miss the playoffs. So that's it. That's the preview for MLB. The best part is that all these previews and all this crap, it's done. There's games now. We get to pick baseball games on our nothing personal pick of the day. We get to watch baseball every day. No matter what, there will be a game every day other than the day before and the day after the All-Star break. That's true. But every other day from now till the end of October, there's a game to watch. And for those of you who like to have it on in the background, for those of you who just like the comfort of playing fantasy or gambling or following your team or just having some peripheral knowledge that it's actually spring is coming and summer's coming, there's something about the start of baseball that just feels right. And for all of you saying that baseball is in the toilet, nobody cares, you're old and you're white if you like it, they're trying too hard with their gimmicks. The truth is, as we look at the demographics of who enjoys baseball, it is strangely true that the number of people who enjoy baseball is inversely correlated to the number of people who say they enjoy baseball. Very strange. People like it, and we get it. So we get to pick one. Guess what? I've got my World Series winner, the Braves. I got my Cy Young Award winner, Max Freed, and they're both going today. Max Freed's pitching for the Braves against the Cincinnati Reds, Joey Votto, the only guy in the Reds you've ever heard of, totally rebuilding again, totally brought it down after almost making the playoffs, would have been an expanded playoffs last year. Braves over the Reds. We are 40 and 31 because the Boston Celtics crushed the Chicago Bulls. We are 10 days away from the NBA playoffs. The East is going to be phenomenally interesting. And the Bulls just got absolutely walked over, rolled over. So we are 40 and 31 pending the Braves over the Reds. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us. Today is Thursday. Enjoy games. We start with the Brewers and Cubs at 2.20 Eastern. And the reason is that the Yankees and Red Sox already are rained out. There's a postponement also with Mariners Twins. But I told you from the beginning, when you were all worried during the course of the 99 days, thinking that it was the end of the world as we knew it and there'd never be baseball, I told you to trust me that opening day would happen that we'd have a full season that you would all could enjoy. And it starts right now. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.